Hallelujah. Let's do that all across the building. Come on, let's continue to bless his holy name tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Anybody feel that today? Hallelujah. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, on this last service of the year, I think we ought to take a few moments. If God's been good to you in 2021, you ought to take a few moments and give God a praise. You ought to move your neighbor out of the way and say, I'm just going to give God a dance. I'm going to give God a shout. It might just be a hand clap, but whatever you do, give God praise. Come on, God's been good to me. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, where would we be? I'll tell you what, we would not be here tonight. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise. Hallelujah. God's been good. God's been good. I know you might have suffered. I know you might have struggled. But at the end of it all, can you still proclaim the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Somebody ought to lift him up tonight. Hallelujah. Come on. Give him an overflowing praise. I'm blessed. I'm favored. God's got his hand upon me. shout hallelujah somebody shout praise God it is such an honor to be in the house of the Lord here tonight amen and to feel the presence of the Lord how many's thankful to be here tonight y'all to tell hell I made it I made it they sang about it earlier that the weapons might be formed but they won't prosper I know there's some folks in the house of God that the devil has formed a lot of weapons against you throughout this year. A lot of things that maybe to get you discouraged, to get you to quit, amen, to get you to revoke your prayer life and to go backwards on some commitments that you made to God, amen. But you are standing here today as a testimony that I made it through with the help of God. You ought to give God praise for his ability to keep you. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. We've got a couple more announcements, amen, if we could. Elder Johnson, if you could come this direction, amen. We are finishing out the year as was announced. Got a couple more days left. Several people did, in fact, finish their Bible. Some finished further than they ever did. Let me just say this. If you read one book or one chapter and you never did that before, we are excited for you, amen. Hallelujah. But we're getting ready for 2022. We've got our, our, our charts, and I'm going to let him tell you a little more about that. God bless you. You want to be used of God? Read his word. Read his word. You got to have his word inside of you so he can use you to win others. So make a commitment in 2022 that you're going to finish the race you started. If you started, don't forget to finish. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to have these uh, these. 
in the back, they give you what to do each day. It's a lot easier if you just do per day than to try to catch up later. However, uh, you know, start strong and finish strong. They're going to be in the back, uh, in the back, in the foyer as well. Um, and just get one of those before you leave service here today. And then everybody say food. I think we got excited there. Food and Fellowship will be following service. We're going to be having some tostadas. It's going to be good. You don't want to miss it. Please don't run off. I know that some got to work in the morning. It's understandable. But uh, we're going to be having some food and fellowship immediately following uh, communion tonight. And everybody said amen. amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23. We're going to be reading several verses here, and then we're going to be reading out of 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. First Corinthians 11 chapter, or chapter 11, verse 23. The word of the Lord declares this, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, everybody say the same night. The same night which he was betrayed, took bread. Notice how he didn't just give it to those that he liked. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink the cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Amen. This is one of those moments where we need to take some, we need to take some time on this. Man, we need to think about it because there's not a lot of prohibitions in the New Testament that have some attached, uh, I wouldn't say curses, but there's some things that are very serious, and uh, this is one of those verses. He said, don't, don't just drink unworthily, or you'll be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. This is the answer for that. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. That means many die. Now, this is a pretty interesting. We don't have time to get into that too much today. But I want you to notice that. Because there was no examination when they took communion, and not just communion, but as often as they came together for the sake of fellowship and eating the bread and drinking the wine, he said, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you. It's the danger of living an unexamined life. 
For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. In other words, when we are judged of the Lord, we're chastened. He gives us an opportunity to change. I'm just thankful for that here tonight. I'm thankful for that. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 5. The word of the Lord declares this. Wait for the pages to get there. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Now I can read the rest of the verse, but you can read it later. Examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Prove your neighbor. Prove your spouse. Prove everybody else in the church, those that aren't in the church. Prove your own selves. And I want to talk to us and maybe preach to us for just a few moments before we take communion on this subject, cross-examination. Cross-examination. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this house. And I want us to do it, amen, and let's, let's take this entire service and let it be a, a, a heart opening service, a, a, a surgery service if it has to be. But God, whatever it takes, Lord, I pray that you would touch each and every single one of us. God, we don't do what we're doing tonight lightly, but God, we do it with, with our eyes wide open, God, we're praying that you would touch us, that you would speak to us today, God. For those that maybe walked in this building and, and they're already feeling condemned and there's things that they're not proud of, I pray, God, that you would get down to those areas, God, and wash them and cleanse them tonight. Amen. That we can enter a new year, God, afresh and anew, God. That we can move forward from this moment believing you and trusting you for greater things in your powerful, matchless name in the name of Jesus Christ and everybody said amen amen God bless you, you may be seated in Jesus name cross examination first Corinthians chapter 11 is a very famous passage of scripture we have talked about it even this year taught about it as it is giving us an example of proper worship. It is famous because it tells us the order of man and how the, the authority structure should be and how the worship structure should be. And it's no doubt that's why God chose to use this chapter or this passage to talk about communion, amen, to talk about this right or this uh, as we would might call it this this ritual amen of communion but i, I want to take it a little further tonight beyond just another religious activity there are two extremes amen there there are those that that in fact one of the reasons that you see the reformation the protestant protestant movement uh, was over the division on what the catholic church taught they believe that when you took communion or what they call the eucharist that it became the literal body and blood of Jesus. Amen. I want to tell you that's not in the Bible. It is not the literal body and blood of Jesus. And there were those that rose up, the Protestants, that said, uh, no, no, that's not what this is actually 
saying. And so uh, there arose a little bit of division. But there's some that would say, and I've been to places that uh, would take communion every single service. And they take it every service, and it's just, uh, it's just kind of one of the things they do. It's part of their regular worship service. And, and I think the danger of doing that is that the familiarity uh, starts to lead to it becoming just normal. And it's not a big deal. And there's those that have completely removed it. That's the other extreme. They don't do it at all because uh, it might just make the visitor a little nervous. Amen. And it takes away from that. And so I, I want to take this idea and, and this concept of communion and give it, hopefully tonight, uh, what, it's, what it's deserving of and, and really putting it in its proper place for us here as an apostolic church. We do believe in communion. And everybody said amen. We do believe that it has with it, and anybody that's ever been to a communion service, you know there's something that happens. We're not just drinking Kool-Aid and eating stale bread, but there's something that happens, amen, when we bind together and we take communion. There's, a, there's an anointing that falls in the room. There's a unity that comes in the room, and if you've never encountered that or experienced that, I want to tell you, you are about to encounter that and experience that tonight. Everybody said amen. And so... Paul is, is letting us know that this is one of the things he received from the Lord. Amen. Out of all the things that, that Jesus could have told Paul, amen, he said, as one being born out of due season. He never walked with Jesus, but he was given direct revelation from Jesus. And of all the things that he could have been taught and told by the Lord, he, he got a revelation of communion as part of the church's worship. And he said, I, I'm going to deliver to you the very thing that the Lord delivered to me, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night that he took, amen, that he, he, he was betrayed, took bread. And I want to tell us here tonight that the first step of communion starts with remembering. Everybody say remembering. We must never forget what the Lord Jesus has done for us. Amen. We must start by remembering what Jesus has done, amen, for us as a whole, as an entire body. Amen. Remembrance. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Amen. What are we to remember? We are to remember Jesus. Amen. Church, I want to tell you here tonight on this final service of 2021, I want to remind us what it's all about. It's not about suits, ties, dresses. It's not about songs we sing. It's not about how many people were here tonight or here last week. None of that matters. I want to tell you what every bit of this is all about. Everything that we do as a church, even the way we worship, the way we preach, everything we are doing, every bit of it is to point our fingers straight towards the one that made us all and point us straight back to Jesus and declare it openly and show the Lord's death till he come and make a proclamation that it's all about Jesus. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give Jesus some praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to bring us back into remembrance here tonight. This is all about Jesus. Don't ever forget, amen, you might have walked in the house of the Lord, and you might have come from, amen, a, a bad background. Maybe you had a pretty decent family. It doesn't really, that, that's not really part of it. That doesn't really matter so much, uh, amen, where you came from, amen. But I want to tell you, every single one of us had to enter in through the door called Jesus. 
And, and there comes something the longer we live for God that things become just status quo and they become just part of our religious uh, life and we just count it as part of our, uh, it goes from just being something that was radical when we first got saved to being our tradition. And I, I want to break us out of tradition a little bit here tonight. That doesn't mean we're throwing away tradition, but I want to break us out of the mindset of tradition and remind us that this is not just something we do so that we can appear as apostolics to other churches and to other people. But we do this to point back to Jesus. Amen. He said, I want you to remember this is all about me. When you come to church, it is not about who was there, who you shook hands with, who didn't shake your hand, who didn't, you, you didn't rub shoulders with, or uh, who, who stepped on your toes, or who offended you. I want to remind you. That even if you've lived for God for a, a certain period of time, a long time or a short time, amen, this is all about Jesus. Let us never forget this is all about him. And tonight, that's what I want to bring our, our memories back to, amen. I want to bring our memories back to the one he said, I want you to remember that my body was beaten for you. Amen. I want, I want us to understand this because the Bible calls us to be the body of Christ. The body of Christ, the Bible declares that we are members in particular, that we are all placed in the body severally as God wills. And if the Lord will help me this next year, we're going to talk a lot more about that. Amen. But I, I want to remind us that God has placed you and I into a body. This is not just a religious organization with a 501c3 tax exempt. No, I want to tell you what this is. This is a body of believers and you and I. It's not one person that makes up the body of Jesus. It's not the pastor that makes up the body of Jesus. It's not those in leadership that make up the body of Jesus, but it is each and every individual that makes up the body of Jesus. Can I remind us about the body for a moment? Amen. That body that you and I are a part of, don't ever feel like you're insignificant. Amen. Because this body doesn't work without everybody. This body doesn't exist without all of us. The body of Christ doesn't move without the feet of Jesus that move. And the body of Jesus doesn't reach without those that are placed in the hands. And this body can't speak to those that are hurting without those that are willing to be the mouthpiece. Oh, come on, somebody here tonight. Amen. You are in the body of Christ. He planted you in the body. We're not just a building. We're a body. We are part of this body, you and I. You may not like me. We might have some things in difference. Amen. But I want to tell you, we're all part of one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We're part of the one Lord. We're part of the one body. Somebody ought to lift up your hands and magnify him for a moment. It's important for us to remember that we all have a place in the body. You may not like your place in the body, but God has planted you there, and he's got a purpose for you there in the body. Don't ever forget that it's all about Jesus, and it's also all about the body. Amen. That body, he said, remember that my body was beaten for you. Don't start beating the body now. Amen. That body was already beaten a long time ago. And if we remember, amen, I, I know that it's easy to look at somebody and say, well, that's just John, that's just Susie, that's just Bill. No, that's Brother John. Hallelujah. 
Don't ever, don't ever look at somebody, and, and, and although maybe you've known them for a long time, and, and, and maybe you've remembered, maybe it could be that you remember Brother, Brother Jonathan when he walked in the house of the Lord, and you say, well, that's just Jonathan. I want to tell you that's Brother Jonathan, uh, amen, and he is part of the body. Oh, hallelujah. Well, oh, that's just, that's just Melissa. No, that's Sister Dixon. Amen. She's part of the body. You, you might look at the mirror and say, I'm just a sinner. I have done so many things wrong. I made so many mistakes. But I want you to look in that same mirror and remind yourself, I'm part of the body of Jesus Christ. I think if we get this revelation, it's going to take us a lot further because I don't want to look at the body and then all of a sudden start thinking that it's not a big deal and I come to church and it's no longer a big deal and I have forgotten that his body was beaten so that I could be a part of the body and I start looking at my brothers and my sisters and I start getting a little offended because of one little thing and now I want to go and gossip and slander and talk about them. I want to tell you, you've got to remember the body's already been beaten and it's not your job or my job to beat it again. Now, the Bible says we're the body of Christ. It also says we're the bride of Christ. Hey, hallelujah. A few things my pastor said, you don't ever touch a man's kids or a man's wife. Or you're going to have to turn the other cheek, brother. Hallelujah. You can punch me. I might turn the other cheek. You touch my wife, you're going down. Amen. With everything I've ever learned. Hallelujah. Amen. But I, I just want to remind you that God looks at his body. Uh, he looks at his bride uh, and says, that's mine. Uh, keep your hands off of it. Uh, amen. That's mine. Keep your words off of it. I, I just want to remind us, uh, remember my body. Uh, it was beaten for you to be a part of the body. Uh, it has already been beaten. Uh, it has already been crucified. Uh, it has already had a crown of thorns. Uh, it's already been stabbed in the side. Uh, remember uh, that this body, uh, amen has already been beaten and it's already there. It's already been done and every bit of it was for you to be a part of the body. He said, remember this New Testament that is purchased with my blood. What New Testament? The New Testament that says, though you were not born a Jew, though you were not born a part of the sect, amen, of religiosity, you and I who were far away from Christ have been made nigh by the blood of Jesus. You and I who had no hope in the world. We're without Christ in the world. He said, remember, such were some of you. You were lost. You were undone. But my New Testament in my blood brought you close and put you in the church and put you in the body and made you the bride of Christ. Somebody ought to shout if you're thankful for the church, if you're thankful for the body, if you're thankful to be a part of a New Testament church. Hallelujah. We are to remember that it was with his blood, the precious blood of Christ, which was shed on Calvary, that washes all of our sins away and puts us part of this New Testament body. And finally, we are to remember that though he was Lord of all, he became servant to all. I think that's important for us to remember. The Bible says in the last days they should be lovers of their own selves. You got a world that's all consuming about themselves. What can what can I do for me? What can I get out of this? 
I mean, there's an entire world, an entire generation surrounding us, church, that it's all about me, myself, and I. It's all about, amen, it's all about what I need, what I want, amen, and God is looking down to his church, amen, that was created and built for such a time as this, amen, where Jesus said, though I'm your Lord and your master, remember, that's true. He said, however, I'm doing this for you, amen. He that was Lord of all became servant to all, amen. He who was God Almighty, the Bible says, took upon him the form of a servant, amen. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. He humbled himself. I want to tell you, church, if there's anything we need to remember, we need to remember the humility it took for God Almighty, amen, to not only be manifested in the flesh, but to let that flesh suffer and die for you and I, amen. He was Lord of all, and yet, amen, he became obedient to death and said, I'm going to die for those people. I'm going to use this. He was not focused on himself. He was not focused on what he could get from it. His humility was so great. He said, what can I do that I might serve? Amen. How What must I do that I might seek and save that which was lost? Church, in the 21st century, we need to be baptized again with that humility that Jesus has. It's not about me. It's all about Jesus, and it's all about the body. Somebody clap your hands and shout. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Let's pray for a moment. Let's pray for a moment. Come on. It's all about one another. It's all about God. It's about serving. It's about humility. It's about giving, amen, to the Lord. It's about giving one to another. It's not about me. Amen. The way that this communion works is that we are serving one another. And finally, amen, this is not just about remembrance, but this is about a reevaluation. In light of what you and I remember about what Jesus did, I know that there's a world that just wants to say, well, yeah, that's great. We sing about it, talk about it on Easter. Talk about it maybe a couple times a year. Every time we preach, we'll talk a little bit about it. And I know it can start to go in one ear and out the other. Amen. But the Bible is also letting us know that this is a time of examination. That we are to evaluate our lives. Amen. That we are to look and see what we've got going on. Amen. He said before you take this communion, he said, I want you to remember what the Lord has done. And with what spirit and attitude, it was, a humil- it was a humble spirit in which he did it. It was not prideful. It was not about you. It was, it was not about himself. Amen. But it was all about you and I being saved. And then he says this, but let a man or a woman examine themselves. Amen. There is a part of this where you and I have got to take an inward look at ourselves because Paul said that in the same night in which he was betrayed, I want to talk to us for a few moments about the betrayal that Jesus went through. The Bible is declaring to us that he is eating the, he is eating the Passover with his disciples. He's sitting down with the 12. And in those 12, you have Judas Iscariot who has made a determination that I am going to betray Jesus. And in that 12, you have Peter who has declared... I will never leave you, Lord. In fact, though all should forsake you, I will die with you. And all the others agreed with Peter and said that's exactly 
how we feel about it. And yet we know the scripture. Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. And we see the scriptures that before the rooster crowed, uh, amen, Peter has denied Jesus three times. Uh, and before Jesus makes it to the cross, uh, all of them have scattered uh, except John, the disciple whom the Lord loved, uh, and his mother. Everybody uh, that said we'll be here to the very end. Uh, they had made the declaration with their mouth. Uh, but when it came time uh, to walk out what they had declared, uh, there was now a disconnect. Uh, I want to talk to you here tonight uh, that as Jesus is taking up, uh, he says, one of you will betray me this night. Uh, and in Matthew chapter 26, uh, every one of them began to say and ask Jesus, is it I, Lord? Everybody said, is it I, Lord? And even Judas said, is it I, Lord? We notice they're all asking the right question. Is it I, Lord? But we see somewhere along the lines, I don't know if they were really ready for the answer. Jesus said, whosoever dips his hand in with me, the same shall betray me. And the Bible says, Judas looked at Jesus and he said, Lord, is it I? But we know because we've read the rest of the scriptures that it was to be Judas that betrayed him. And yet Jesus took this bread, he broke it, he blessed it, and he gave it to Judas. He took that bread, he broke it, and he blessed it. And he gave it to Peter who was about to cuss and say, I don't even know who you're talking about. He broke it and he blessed it. Nathaniel and Philip and James and Bartholomew and each and every one of them would eventually uh, walk away uh, and, and act like they'd never followed him for three and a half years uh, and had not seen miracle after miracle after miracle. Uh, he took it uh, knowing that each and every one of these in their own way uh, is going to betray me in some way. Uh, each and every one of them is going to walk away and they're going to leave me and forsake me a little bit. Uh, Jesus took that bread uh, and he said, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to bless this, and I'm still going to give it to you. This is still my body, and even though you're going to betray me, I still want you to be part of my body. I'm going to take my blood, and it's going to eventually wash away all your sins. And Though you don't know it today, I'm going to do it willingly. And although, Judas, you're going to betray me, and yes, we know the story, but that story didn't have to end the way it ended. Judas never had to hang himself. Judas could have found himself a place of redemption at the foot of the cross. He could have found himself a place of conviction and repentance. Amen. Jesus said, he said, Judas, this is my blood and even for you those which will betray me and those that will forsake me and those that will deny they ever know me and those that will say they're a Christian and yet walk a different way. He said, this is still my body for you. It's going to be beaten so you can be saved and this is still my blood for you. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on. Come on, they all inquired. Jesus knew each one of you is going to betray me in some way. Amen. But I'm still going to die for you. I'm still going to shed my blood for you. I'm still going to be beaten and broken for you because I still want you to be a part of my body. I still want you to be a part of my church. Amen. They all inquired among themselves, asking, so the others could hear them. Is it I? And Judas, the very last, not wanting to feel left out, not wanting to be accused, 
asked the same question, although he was not looking for an answer. And Judas asked, is it I? Having never looked inside of himself and doing what our scripture text says. Examine yourself. Whether you be in the faith. He was more interested in everybody thinking he was part of the faith. Come to talk to us just for a few moments tonight. He was more interested in everybody thinking he was cool. He was all right. In fact, every time you see Judas pop up in the scriptures, he's always concerned about the poor. Hallelujah. He's always concerned about everybody else. He's got such a good reputation that even when Jesus hands him the bag of money, they say, surely Judas is going to go do something good for the Lord. It's in your Bible. He had fooled everybody in the church, everybody around him. Everybody thought, man, this guy's a Christian. This guy's going to go take that bag of money, and surely he's going to go do something for the poor. When they broke the alabaster box, the Bible says that he looked on, he looked on that woman with indignation. See, Jesus saw the indignation, but amen, it was, it was, it was everybody else that saw hey, there's some level of compassion from Judas, but Jesus saw the real motive behind it and said, Judas, that's not right. Uh, this was done for worship. This was done for my burial. This was done for me. And you're looking at it like it was a waste, but it wasn't a waste. Uh, it was worship. Uh, and Judas, you don't understand what it's all about. Do this in remembrance of me. Judas had got it twisted. Uh, he thought it was all about some level of enterprise, uh, that there was going to be a mega church of 5,000, uh, and they were going to be they were going to be delving out fish and loaves for the rest of the time. Uh, he didn't realize that Jesus wanted to go beyond 5,000, uh, that just wanted to be fed in their flesh, uh, but he was going to look for a church uh, that was going to be bought by the blood. Judas didn't understand it, and so Judas sought from that moment to betray him. He sought for an opportunity. He thought he was going to be a part of some great big enterprise. He didn't realize that Christianity even involved sacrifice, that Christianity involved suffering, that Christianity involved denying oneself, taking up your cross, and following Jesus. He thought it was going to be fame. He thought it was going to be fanfare, but he didn't realize that it was going to come with a cross. And it was going to come with suffering. And from that moment, Judas said, I'm not going to be a part of this. But I want everybody to think I'm a part of this. Oh, let's pray for a moment. I'm just about done. Come on, let's pray for a moment. There's a danger of not examining yourself, of being content with everybody thinking you're part of the body, of everybody thinking you're part of the kingdom. Amen. Having some things unchecked in your life, unrepentant in your spirit, having bitterness rotting away at your core. Amen. Misunderstanding rotting away in your heart, hurt by others and hurt, amen, that maybe you caused yourself. Bad decisions, amen, regrets that you have, they're just breeding away and they're tearing away at your heart. Amen to have those things unchecked, to have those things unexamined. You need to let God examine them tonight. Somebody pray. Oh, Jesus. So here we have Judas on the same night. I want you to remember that. On the very night Jesus is about to be betrayed, Jesus is saying, I want you to be part of my body. I want you to be part of my church. And when they say, well, is it I, is it I, is it I, each of them more concerned about the answer of the other than they are concerned about the answer for themselves. There are people that are very gifted at figuring out what everybody else's spirit is. It's interesting that those claim that they have discernment, discernment of spirits, 
very rarely can ever discern their own spirit. Have I been a little sharp? Have I been a little, a little unforgiving on that? Come on, somebody. Don't leave me up here by myself. We need to examine ourselves. But we don't just examine ourselves based on other people because that's what they wanted to do. Because the very next thing you see is immediately they try to go from figuring out who's the betrayer to who will be the greatest in the kingdom. Now it's about jockeying for position. They don't care so much about who's going to betray. Now they want to find out who's number one. They are now trying to figure out who's the greatest. In a moment where they should be examining themselves, they are boasting up themselves when they should be checking their spirit to find out whether or not it be of God. When they should be examining themselves based on what Jesus did on the cross. Amen. They are examining themselves and judging themselves amongst themselves, which the Bible says is not wise. And They're saying, well, I'm better than them, so I must be doing okay. And I'm better than that person. They're nothing more than the Pharisee in the temple beating his chest and saying, Lord, I thank you. I'm not like that person, and I'm not like that person. When they should have been examining themselves, we've been looking at what Jesus did for them on Calvary. They're just looking, how do I measure up amongst the group? Amen, am I average or above average? And then I can kick back when they know if they were to examine themselves that God has called them much higher. They have settled for the valley when God God has called them on the mountain. They have settled for mere Christianity and just barely being a Christian when God has called them, uh, amen, to tell the world uh, all about the love of Jesus. Uh, they've settled for just going to church uh, when God has called them to be the church. Uh, they've settled for shouting on Sunday when God has called them to a life of worship when nobody else is watching. Uh, they have settled uh, to receive praises from men, amen, when they could have experienced uh, the joy uh, that God gives when they do it for the Lord. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's stand across the building. Come on, let's pray. They were supposed to be examining themselves, but they were examining one another. They were supposed to be looking inward and saying, God, as David prayed, Lord, search me and find out if there be any wicked way in me, not my neighbor, not my spouse, not the church, not other people, not other congregations somewhere else, but God, find out, search me if there be any wicked way in me. Oh, somebody pray. Come on, let's pray all across the building. Let's do that for a moment. Come on, somebody needs to pray right now. Don't examine other people right now. Take a moment and examine yourself, not based on how good you think you are. Examine yourself based on what you remember Jesus doing for you. Amen. Is the way I'm living for Jesus worthy of the body and blood of the Lord? Is the way I'm living and the things I'm thinking and the way I'm talking, is it lining up with what the Scriptures say? Is it lining up with what Jesus gave us an example for? I want to examine myself tonight. Somebody pray. Come on, let's pray all across this house. Search me, oh God. Search me, oh God. If there be any wicked way in me, God, maybe I've, maybe I've just shut off my ears for a while. Amen. For, the, for, for Because I think I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm doing all right, God. 
I want to. I want to have. I want to have an examination right now, God. I, I want to ask the right questions, uh, even in light of the right evidence. I, I want to examine myself based on the cross that's in front of me. There's many that have settled to say I am better today than I was before. And I think that's all right. I think there's something powerful about that. You should be excited about all of that. I talk about progress being victory. But we can stunt ourselves because we get to a routine where it's, it's no longer climbing mountains. It's just plateaued. Just plateaued. And God is calling us up so much higher. But we're saying, man, look how far I've come. Well, I made it further than this person. I'm doing better than that family. We start examining around us. And we run our race. And as long as we can't see anybody in front of us, we think we've won. But God has called to us to examine ourselves, to prove ourselves. Are you really living for God to the depth you know you can? Well, it's difficult, Pastor. I know. But think of how difficult it was to carry a cross with nobody behind you. Nobody cheering you on. In fact, they were all crying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. I live for God, Pastor, on Sundays. But I'm a little embarrassed when I go to work on Monday. Because I don't know if I'm quite ready to let everybody know I'm a Christian. So I, I'm like Peter standing around a fire dropping some words I shouldn't drop. Because I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of commitment. But I want everybody else in the church to think I'm all put together. I've got it all right. I've dealt with people long enough to know that as long as they think that they're cool with the pastor, that they're all right with God. But I've got news for everybody in the house of the Lord. I'm not omniscient, which means I don't know everything. But there is a God that knows every secret of everybody's hearts, and he's watching. And God knows if you put in maximum effort or if you're just coasting along. And subsequently, so do you and I. The people around you may not know. They might think, man, that, that person's doing awesome. They're running full force. Do you know you're just coasting? Just come, Lord, quickly. I just want to get up out of here. I just want to make it to heaven, but I'm not interested in becoming anything on earth. But the Bible says examine yourself. Prove yourself whether you be in the faith. And tonight, I want to take a few moments for us to look not at other people, not to how far we've come, but I want us to remember what Jesus has done tonight, and I want us to think, Lord, I know you have more for me, and God, I want you to help, see, help me see the areas, I want you to help me to observe the areas in my life, God, that maybe aren't pleasing in your sight, maybe there's some areas of some things in my life, maybe, maybe they're not sinful, but as Paul said, they're, they're just weights that are, that are holding me back and holding me down, God, and I want to examine those things, God, and I want to I shed off all of those weights so I can run this race with patience. I want us all to come down to this front. I want you, if you can, I want everybody to come. Everybody, empty out your seats. We're going to take communion here in a moment. 
But I want you to come to the front. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to kneel, you can kneel. Whatever you feel to do. But I want everybody to come. It is the last service of the year. I'm so grateful for everybody that has made it. I know there's many that couldn't do the weather. Those that are traveling. But tonight is not about your neighbor. Tonight's not about other people. It's not about your spouse, though you might pray with your spouse. Tonight's about you and Jesus. Because I don't know how your walk with God has been this whole year. I pray for you and I trust that you're walking according to the word of God. And I pray that God would strengthen you when your faith wants to fail. But only you and Jesus know. Are there some areas of your life where you have you've gone backwards? Some commitments you made to the Lord that maybe you just gave up on. Some areas of your life where you could look back and say, God, I know, I, have, I know I've done better in this area, but I've recently just declined. I want us to take a moment. Why don't you lift up your hands and let's, let's just talk to God. Don't worry about anybody else. We're going to sing a song here in a moment. I want you to just begin to think and pray to your God for a moment. God, I want you to search my heart, God. You, you could try the reins, Lord. You, you, you even said the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And there's only one that really knows my heart, God. Amen. You said you try the reins. You, you, you pull on it, God. And tonight in this altar, Lord, before we take communion, we're going to examine ourselves, Lord. If there be any wicked way in me, God, would you bring it to my mind? Amen. Come on, let's pray right now. If there's areas where I have slackened my grip and maybe I, I, have, I have slowed down and I'm not running as hard as I could for the Lord. Maybe there's some areas and some commitments that I, I no longer have with the Lord that I know that I could have. And maybe there's some convictions that God gave me that I've walked away from. And maybe there's some consecrations that I had that I no longer have that God has been speaking to me about. Amen. Maybe there's some things I've done that I shouldn't have done and some places I've gone that I shouldn't have gone, people I was with that maybe I shouldn't have associated with, whatever it might be. I want you to pray about it right now. God, search me. Come on. Amen. According to the cross, according to your sacrifice on Calvary, examine my heart. Examine my heart, Jesus. I don't want to cry out and say, Lord, is it I? Knowing full well it is I. Knowing full well what there is in my life. But God, I want to ask it so that we can get it taken care of. I want to ask it so that we can repent of it. I want to ask it so we can get it right before this year ends. Come on, somebody pray. Come on. Come on, God's bringing some things to your memory. As God begins to bring things to your mind, that he's calling you up higher, that he's saying you can do better. I believe in you. Come on, I put my spirit in you uh, so you can go to another level. I want you to pray about it. I want you to repent right now. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. I, I, maybe I've beaten the body, and maybe I, I, I've just not looked at the church the way I should, God. Maybe I've looked at you with a, a little bit of disdain because of some of the things I've been through this year. I, I pray God examine me and help me get it taken care of tonight. Wash me, Lord. Purge me tonight, and I shall be clean. Wash my mind. Wash my heart. Somebody pray right now.
Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this house right now. Come on, don't feel condemned when God starts bringing things to your mind. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you bring it to the Lord, God will put it under the blood. If you'll take it before Jesus, it doesn't matter if it's bitterness. It doesn't matter if it's a sin. God will put it under the blood right now. God will help wash it. All through life's journey. 